0: welcome back Woo! so exciting welcome back to me myself and i an official confession stand podcast we have your lovely hosts sam swags sam swags sarah carbs you welcome and me hannah slash spuds and today we're going to be talking about a court of wings and ruin by sarah j mass chapters 11 through 40 it's a big one yeah Mm -hmm. welcome back
1: welcome back she's a doozy Mm mm-hmm Girl is thick. <laughs> um, but I'm glad we did it this way. We went, we went with a, l- a lot of back and forth that we were going to split it up into five sections. But the reality is, is this section, as beefy as she is. It's so boring. It's so boring. <laughs> like, in all due respect, it's all important stuff. I don't think we're going to cover all of it because not everything I think is... I don't want to say relevant because that sounds amazing. A lot
2: is. of it is set up for yeah. for the rest of the series. Right. you're meeting, you're seeing interactions mm-hmm. with Elaine and Asriel and Cassian and Nesta and stuff that's going to come into play that Hannah and I know in and Silver Flame. Playing. Yeah. So it's it's not as pertinent to the immediate, which yeah. is what makes it feel so long in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. And
0: I mean, there really a lot of really great nuggets thrown in there. I mean, it wasn't unenjoyable reading it, but rereading it, I was like (laughs) (laughs) oh.
2: But I will say that our favorite fan artist has been doing her new series of portraits recently and it has given new life to rereading this has gotten me excited to get back into the book seeing her interpretation of our favorites it is
0: so cool so if you follow her on instagram if you are a book nerd you have to know who she is she's mad's official mm-hmm. and she's a phenomenal artist she does a lot of kind of the books that we read and right now she's doing a series where she's dropping portraits that are supposedly supposed to be how Feyre views everyone in the series and how she would paint them and I thought it was so cute so she was like everyone thinks Feyre is a bad artist I'm gonna prove them wrong I think it's adorable
2: and her descriptions of Feyre's perspective on all the characters has been just like
1: so spot on too so the end of chapter 10 is where Lucian and Feyre leave the spring court for good after Feyre well assaults Ianthi, I- and she kills Branna and Dagden the niece and nephew of King Hybern, so King
2: of Hybern.
1: Because oh, we don't know what his fucking name is. That's right. You know what? Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. That got me good. That was my like, thoughts. Mm-hmm. About all that. My I think thoughts. we talked about it in the last podcast.
1: I can't wait to do a whole other episode where we just talk about. I have so many theories. <laughs> <laughs> Watch his name be like Jerry with an I. <laughs> <laughs> Not very Sarah J. Massey, but we can, uh... I don't know, just to kind of, like, bring him down from lofty heights. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I always... You know what's so funny? I just think of Bowser. Bowser? Yeah. Or, like, in Zelda, the
1: King of Hyrule. there. I, I've never played Zelda. <gasps> oh
0: God. Uh-huh. So Fair and Lucian are cutting their way to the Night Court through the Autumn and the Winter Court, and... Woof. Woof, indeed. We get introduced, or I guess reintroduced,
1: to Lucian's brothers.
0: Did we ever formally meet Eris? I thought in the, under
1: the...
2: Oh, no. That No, so-
1: that was the other two brothers. That wasn't heiress That oh, was the other two brothers. Other I called them there. Tweedle D and Tweedle Go Fuck Yourself. Like-
2: <laughs> right, I was going to say, I feel like, because Baron was, there to, Baron give, was uh, there to sacrifice his kernel of power for Feyre to come back. Yeah. I, don't- no, I don't think that was Air. I don't think we've we've heard about Aeris. Yeah, I think that's what Aris. it was, because of more. Mm-hmm. And of they people. couldn't go through the summer court because Feyre's got a price <laughs> on brief, her head. <laughs> little
0: blood Blood
2: blood rubies. Blood rubies. Mm -hmm. From So, the quite literal lesser of the two evils. How sad is it that Lucian can't even safely cross his own home court because of how fucked his family is. So fucking sad.
0: I will say, rereading these chapters, it made me feel more and more like Lucian is a sad puppy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and they explained in it that because Lucian's lover, she was just your... Standard commoner, I guess, or or village person, that because he didn't protect her or, I don't know, like, put himself in front of it, and because she was killed by his family, the whole townspeople turned against him. Right, so the whole,
2: like, lower-class community. So what's not even him running from his family, like we had just perceived... Because that family's the siblings are so cutthroat for the throne that it's also supplemented with the fact that his lover's family and that community is also against him. So they really are fighting much worse odds than I think any of us realized at yeah. the time.
0: Yeah. Well, and before they even got to the siblings, Lucian admitted that he didn't call Farah out on her bluff to spare Tamlin his feelings because he was afraid that Farah would keep Elaine from him.
1: Yeah, I mean I, like, get, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I
0: get it. Well, put it this way: he just like you know, you guys know how I feel about him and the mating bond, and how like my thoughts on that from mm. the last episode. But I think it's just kind of like the fact that you would rather get away from Tamlin to find his mate to make sure she's okay mm-hmm. is so endearing to me. <laughs>
1: But isn't that part of, like, not to discount romance in this, but, like, isn't that part of what the mating bond is? Like, once that snaps into place, like, you just become, not obsessed, but that- But it hasn't snapped into place yet because they haven't fully mated.
2: Nope, yeah. ne- they haven't accepted it oh so it's like just there Mm -hmm. just hanging in the balance but also i don't know he's playing the game you guys how can I fault
0: lucian for playing the game when like Farah and reese had just fucked over the summer court and played the game that way to get the books and stuff like i don't know he's just he's a small player in a big game and he's doing
2: whatever moves he can and he's clearly not playing for ulterior motives he's literally playing for himself at this point yeah because like he could always deny it Mm mm-hmm
0: Mm-hmm. Realistically. I don't know. I have, I have my soft spot for Lucian.
1: I like Lucian. I I I think I think he's my favorite male character in this. I think he comes from a really genuine place, but I just think that he doesn't really know what side to be on, so he kind of straddles most of the time. Well, and Farrah calls him out on it. She pretty much calls mm-hmm. him Timwin's mm-hmm. lapdog,
0: yeah. and then he's like, the only reason why you came with me was because you want to find a lane, not because it's the right thing to do. Which was, Which- like, I honestly... I found that to be kind of harsh. Because it's like, girl, you've done so much shit that wasn't necessarily the right thing to do.
2: Uh, but you know what? I think he needed to hear it because I think he was so trauma bonded to Tamlin that he didn't realize that he was falling into line like that. Mm-hmm. And that he needed to realize that being complacent like that is not always the right move.
0: But I have a question. Do you feel like that's fault? Or do you think that that is like Stockholm Syndrome almost? I
2: think it's kind of both. Because he's also been a victim. Mm. Just because you have something happen to you doesn't mean that you should let the patterns continue.
0: But he also didn't know a lot of what Feyre knows. So I he had think it like both. So I think he had like a naiveness to it because he didn't know about Nygord and all that jazz. And honestly, I think that him watching what Tamlin did with the cauldron and giving up her sisters and all of that jazz mm-hmm. probably was a very rude awakening that he wasn't prepared for.
1: Well and we know we know that both Tamlin and Lucian were not prepared, like that were very blindsided by Elaine and Nesta. I know they're idiots, but I I think that if we're gonna put it down to brass tacks or russet tacks, I don't tacks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, um, I went to film school. I don't know the difference. Uh, I well, to explain well, it to the. For the I, I was no, I just did russet because it's like a metal. They could talk about his eye being russet. I that was yeah. really just me being dumb. It was a lame joke. It was oh. a really lame joke. Doesn't I feel think. really stupid. I have no idea what you're talking the about. The point <laughs> I was going to make is that I think Lucian is a survivalist. I think he is playing the game for himself right now. I mean, I think he has people that he's cared about and that he's bonded with, but ultimately, like he's playing this game for him because when he's played for other people, it has not worked in his favor. Honestly, though, I admire that in him. I do too. I do too. So he's like one of my favorite characters for sure. <gasps> yeah. Why? Stop it! I know. I I, I want to make know. sure I'm going to put that on repeat. I said this the other night when we were, oh, we were drinking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now I have it on recording. It's, uh, <laughs> it's very fitting cool for you, isn't it? I, oh my gosh, I love this so like, much. You know what? We're going to stop talking now and we're going to move on to things that are important, like Feyre and Lucian getting caught by his brothers. Not once, but twice. The first time was in the... Autumn Court was they caught him in his old like hunting cavern
2: thing. Used in a to, cave or something yeah. that he used to sleep in.
1: And I think they got away. Didn't she like throw her power at them or like throw fire in their faces or something? And that's how she got away because they weren't expecting her. Th- yeah, yeah, but they were
2: still recovering. The reason why they had to walk through everything was because she was still drained of power because of
1: Dagden and Branna. That's right, because they had fey the app. Well, they'd been fey-baning her and Lucian and everybody So I think that while. was her first little sputter of power back to distract them, throw them off. <laughs> course and get out which yeah. was extremely dangerous because they did not know that she had firepower which their daddy will not like hearing about so that was extremely dangerous that they did that i mean i don't think they had another choice but it definitely opens the door down the road to will they tell their dad will this come up again it probably will so
0: I like this section of Wings in a Ruin where Feyre and Lucian can kind of actually have their one-on-one time without outside sources kind of feeding into stuff. Like, obviously his brothers interfere, and they're going through some shit, right. and she's very weak right now, and there's all this stuff going on. But I feel like it's kind of their time... To talk it out and kind of forgive each other for whatever.
2: Air their grievances. Yeah, they get to
0: air their grievances. And it's kind of, it's nice. Because it's almost like two friends who've been in a really big fight. Who get back together and they're like, look, I'm not happy with you. And I know you're not happy with me. But, like, we have to make this work. And, like, I'm going to tell you all the things that I hate about you right now. So we can get over it.
1: And move on. And survive. Get out of the situation that we're in. And we just read ten chapters, practically, of her... Putting on this act and Lucian also putting on an act because he knows there's something up with her, but he won't say anything because he wants to see Elaine again. Because he's so a they, fucking fox. So they like. I mean, Reason would do the same thing. Oh, 100%. <laughs> it was extremely alleviating to have them finally be their genuine selves in front of each other. Yeah, like for the, the, first the time. good and the ugly. Right. Almost. Like they right. could be
0: genuinely angry with each other and say the shit that they, they've had in their head mm-hmm. and could just put it into open air.
1: It was definitely like getting out that catharsis or pent-up anger Mm -hmm. and energy. And it was just very releasing, which I think kind of makes, when they come to the night court, just more of a releasing, more calming feeling. You know what? It it also makes them a little more patient with each other. I think Mm -hmm. so, too. That's
0: the biggest thing is like, I don't necessarily agree with you all the time, but I understand what you're going through. And you're going to have to have patience through all this. I'll do what I can to help, but I'm not going to open doors for you. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to give you the key to the doors and you got to figure out where they are.
2: It just makes me so sad because I feel like when they do make it to those back to the night court, or oh, back for favor to the night court, there's kind of this air of what next? Yeah. What do we do with him? How do you feel about, like, she's going to defend him to an extent to everyone else because of their relationship, because they had a relationship before yeah. Tamlin fucked it up. She's not going to let that just completely fall to the wayside.
0: Well, and I think they all commonly
1: don't want to keep a mate from his mate.
2: Yeah. You know what I mean? True. Like,
1: but also she's, we'll get into. To that in a little bit. Um, well, and I think Rhysand has sympathy for Lucian, considering he was in a very similar situation. But you know what? They handled it really well.
2: They mm-hmm. set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's they like, kept him and it's not mm-hmm. like they kicked him out or were going to abandon him or do anything that he didn't deserve, I don't think. They mm-hmm. just didn't roll out the red carpet for him. Right. Right. Which right. I think is completely fair.
1: I think the other harsh part about that whole section too for Lucian, I don't know if you want me to jump ahead or not, but was... I think this was Lucian's first time letting it sit in that Fayra really doesn't love Tamlin anymore and that she genuinely is Honestly, cares about and loves Freestar. That's
0: a good point cuz she mm-hmm. doesn't she he didn't know about a lot of that and there's no way that he would have known especially with Rhysand's history. Yeah, like his history and kind of his reputation for Mind control and stuff like that and not knowing that Feyre necessarily can do these things and only having kind of slight glimpses of it mm-hmm. when they were caught training that one time yeah. in the woods. He, he just kind of lives on a hill of naiveness. And not by choice, but he also I think is one of those types of people where he'd rather pretend that everything is fine than admit that things are wrong, and he has to question everything that he's ever known.
1: I always wonder because we don't really see much of Lucian after he gets to the Night Court. He's kind of off doing his own thing, and then
2: he has his own mission. Yeah, eventually. and then he, and then he
1: and then he leaves to take to do his own mission, which we'll we'll talk about in a bit. But I, I often wonder like if he regrets it, if he misses Tamlin or the Spring Court. I mean, he. Saved him at a pretty low time, and I, I just I, I often wonder we don't no, we don't really get to see that side of Lucian, or, or maybe he's just more concerned with establishing a relationship with Elaine, or
0: you know what he might though after seeing everything that happened in the cauldron or with the cauldron he might see Tamlin finally for a totally different being that he ever thought he could yeah so maybe maybe it's kind of both maybe part of it is it's almost like when he goes off on these tasks he needs to busy himself. So that he's not kind of hovering over Elaine, but also grieving over his friendship with Tamlin and realizing that a lot of that was built up in his head as a fantasy and Mm -hmm. it's not really what it was. So I don't know. I think it's good for him.
2: Yeah. But he also has to rebuild his whole life. Possibly a new court for him to have to bounce around three court. Like that is so unheard of. You know what? I
0: think that's why Lucian really, I have a sweet spot for him. Because it's almost like he's an abandoned dog that doesn't have a forever home and he's trying to figure out who's going to be his new owner, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to say it like that. I don't think he's that submissive, but, I mean, he's not welcome in his home court. He's not welcome in the summer court. He's not welcome in the night court, even though he's there. Like, he doesn't feel welcome. He's
2: tentatively. He, yeah. He's given an, an open door, but, yeah. To stay if he needs to,
0: but they don't care if he leaves. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, he
2: doesn't really have a place of belonging. But I think that is foreshadowing for something we'll talk about after the High Lord meeting, because I think there, that is really interesting and an important part of Lucian's journey personally. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I hope that in the future, one of the I know Sarah J. Mess loves to do her character redemption stories. I hope Lucian gets his time.
2: Mm -hmm. I do too. Whether it be with his mates or or, mm -hmm. because I mean, honestly, I, I I pointed out that there is a section early on that talks about, kind of talking about what happens, that it is possible not to match with your mate. And hearing them talking about that in the book, we haven't seen a failed mate yet. And we need to. <laughs> so, but I mean, but seriously. I mean. But seriously, so it's like, is this going to be the cautionary tale, the opposite side of the mating bond? You know what?
0: I'm going to be so sad. I'm so sad. Evolution is just, you know how there are some characters who are tragic from beginning to end? I just have that gut feeling that he's gonna be that character or he might sacrifice himself or do something for the greater good to finally do something for the right versus being like the shady fox who's doing stuff to survive and I will be so upset if he is just the tragic
2: character I just don't think that's Sarah J Mass's mo mm-hmm I don't think she so hasn't written
0: it yet so like who knows
2: but looking at all of her other stuff though most of her other work has such a nice little bow to most things. Yeah. I can't, I think maybe that could be more of Tamlin's arc, which would be oh. much more satisfying for him to, and then be like, all right, maybe we can not hate you by the end of this. You it's know like what I mean? killing off
0: Scar in The Lion King.
2: Right. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Sorry.
2: But I mean, that's similar. Like, eh, like, all right, you got what you deserve. Glad you helped kind of save things for all the trouble you caused. So I can see that happening in Tamlin more than Lucian. I think Lucian's going to have a happy ending, whether it be with Elaine or not.
0: I don't think it's going to be with Elaine. I want it to. Like, I genuinely want it to, but I don't think it will.
1: Yeah. I feel the same way. I just don't see how they can recon or even connect at all with how much of a significant role he played in her. (laughs) Violating traumatic yeah. moment and it ruined her life, it ruined her life. And I just don't, as much as I I think they would be great together, I, I think aside from that, I don't see it happening. Mm-hmm. You
0: know what? I'd be curious to know though if he gets a redemption story, if we get to see kind of that gentler, it's almost like if any of the fae were to actually be a human, it would be Lucian. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, he would be the human guy if Mm -hmm. any of the Fae somehow drastically could become humans all over again. It would, or for the first time, it would be him. And so it'd be so interesting to see if, like, through his growth and patience, he and Elaine kind of come around.
1: I mean, I think it's possible. I do too. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I even consider, like, 100 years from now. But, I mean, they got all the time in the world being immortal beings. But I also think that Elaine has to, before she can even attempt to be mated to someone for all eternity, maybe she should get used to this whole Fey thing that she's in right now. Well, and technically she's still engaged and her weddings coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: so let's talk about how
1: Lucian and Feyre make it to the night court. Yeah. So we did see them get caught for a second and then Feyre sealed off the brothers, which is Aeris and the two other ones. I don't know if they tell What's us the names of the other two brothers. There's like seven know. or eight of them yeah Yeah. so many brothers all
2: those
1: gingers it's like the weasley family okay we'll just say like fred and george
0: you know what what is it up with fantasy writers and making like the redheaded
1: family have like a crazy amount of offspring do you think it's because redheads it's just the polar opposite of red is not there just like one redhead to a family it's like an anomaly Uh, or something me Mm -hmm. i
0: know and your brother he is more blonde now but he he was a very big ginger Technically we're a genetic mutation, so we're mutants and we're coming for you, bitches. Oh
1: well. I accept your terms. <laughs> <laughs> would you like
0: some easily burned skin and freckles? Mm. <laughs> and very sensitive eyes and probably asthma and allergies. I've got
1: the gene for you. Love Ooh. To see it. All right, so how do they get out, Sarah? Tell us, tell us, tell us. I will tell you. So they get out of autumn court, they go into the winter court, we have a really nice moment, they like find shelter, and then they're freezing to death. And they talk about Elaine, and Lucian asks her if uh, if she's worth it, and you know it's a really beautiful moment he's, between the two of them. Um, asking about her, yeah, what's like. like what's she like? It's cute. It's cute. It's, it's Trey's cute, and you know, um, Farrah's not feeling it. She's no. like, please stop asking me about my sister. I think- I think she's compassionate about oh, it. yeah, you know I, th- I think she's a t she's she's a real team player. Well, and you know what? I keep forgetting
0: in this whole series or in this whole section, mostly. I know I think a lot about Lucian, but I keep forgetting that Feyre has not seen her sisters since the cauldron.
2: In what weeks,
0: almost months? Like she knows they say, and like, she, fey, and, and like I- she doesn't know what, like what they're going through, how it's been. They've just been thrown into the Night Court and are in these new bodies.
2: Like she, she has no idea like take
1: them. care of them. And I'm gonna be a judgy bitch about that in a minute, but I—I I, I digress. I want to know about this. No, I was just gonna say like. I, because I agree with you. I think that's really significant. Her sisters just went through a traumatic thing. They turn into totally different things, and they their whole lives have been changed. they're basically kidnapped and going to a completely new place. They have no idea what to do with themselves. Well, they don't know. If they and the first them. thing she does is bones resand. <laughs> like, check off the list. Like, you know,
0: I will say that's not a very good sister. <laughs>
1: well. Have they been
2: good favorite. sisters to her? No
0: Fair I mean
2: Fair, fair but <laughs> so does that Losing their mother And having the youngest child Have to take care of a family fair. of four Is also very traumatic yeah. I, I, I'm I, gonna sit there and advocate for it's just, I don't know favorite.
0: I
1: don't know if that would be my first thing Especially like feeling weak from battle And dealing with but brothers and travel and stuff Fair has actually really bad timing with this stuff oh, In general that. I mean She's she did selfish. again in this section Where after they go to this battle In Adrian age- Adriata Adriata And she You know They're in the They're in the fields And everyone's dying And she's like You know This is a great place To give Re-Santa blowy Like I mean, <laughs> <laughs> She just does not Have really good timing I just yeah. In general Or she's just One of those Twisted people Where like Death and depression Just get her off Which is totally <laughs> That's possible <not> Savage Land I <laughs> Wrong series,
0: Sarah. I was gonna say, we're like Poppy and Castile when there's a carriage. Honestly, I. Oh!
1: Carriage scene. (laughs) But, like, I'm glad you guys like carriage scene!
2: (laughs) There's an even hotter carriage scene in a different series. No, I just,
0: the whole having sex where people are dying around you, does it, is, it, was, it was that one, oh my god, they're notorious for doing this in the mafia books where the guys are like, I want to have sex with you over this person's dead body. And I'm like,
1: um, no, I'm a germaphobe. I wash my hands before I go to bed. <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> you know what? There was that, the first chapter of Hooked as well. Oh, like, yeah. 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 No, so I was actually thinking about that. It's, it's, you know what? we we'll a whole podcast episode. When I think about this. death and fucking, I instantly think of that first, like, <laughs> page.
2: The first page in the book. Oh,
1: yeah, it's they like,
0: do
2: start it off
1: like yeah. that. Oh.
2: I feel like that happens in Wretched too. <laughs> yeah, or pretty damn close. I need to find some new books to read. <laughs> it's The dark romance. Are we oh
1: anyway? But how did they get out of there? We keep.
2: I keep trying oh. to finish this. So so we keep going. So Winter
1: Court. They're a, they're on a frozen, solid lake, yep. and it starts breaking apart because Eris has put his hand on the lake, and it is, and he's warming it up. So it's they like are like, boiling. Mm-hmm. So they're like sprinting across the lake and the other two brothers I think on the are they on the other mm-hmm. side as well and I think she uses some of her freezing power like her snow power she finally has enough power back <laughs> yeah so Eris gets a hold of Feyra, and he gets her tied up and he puts this like fire band around her face or something like that it was just close enough to where it like couldn't burn her but if she moved around too much it would and he's like dragging her away and i think the other brothers have lucian and then boom daddy drops in and it's cassie and asriel they kick some major ass Says, I don't remember the exact wording of it, but I think he kind of gives Feyre a look, like, "Come on, babe, you know what to do," and it sort of like snaps her out of being, "Oh, oh, god, this is over," and she's able to kick. Eris she's able to oh, yeah. get All away. Of her t- training with mm-hmm. Cassian kind of kicks into gear. Yeah, and she's able to get away with him, get away from him enough so that Cassian can move forward and do some damage. And Daddy Cass. yeah, Daddy Cass, and Azriel takes care of the other two. And that's when there's the High Lady reveal too. Finally, becomes known outside of the Inner Circle. Right, right. <laughs> well, they knew. Right. Well, the Inner Circle did, but uh, the reveal to the Autumn. Oh, that's right because because uh, Cassius says get your hands off my high lady, which is like... And then Eris is like, what? Mm, say <laughs> is, it again, Cassian. Is there- I, and I don't remember if they discussed this politically. Can other High Lords, is there like a line you can't cross when it comes to High Lords and stuff yeah, like that? It
0: technically isn't it a uh, war? Yeah. Uh, so he okay. pretty much was like, if you put any damage on her body, you have just started a war with the Night Court, because she's the high lady. Boop, boop. Ba, 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 ba.
2: <laughs> I mean, it would still probably mean a lot even just being mated to Resand too, like yeah. fucking with his girl, but it's just that extra like. <laughs> I sing Surprise. on the cake a Yeah. I do have to say As they escape I definitely And this is more for like the future But I definitely lulled at the fact That it was as carrying Lucian out <laughs> That's adorable I was like yes Let's start this tension off right I can just see them <laughs> Holding each other But looking in the opposite direction
0: <laughs> Lucian keeps having to hit his eye So it goes that way yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm like, oh man, let's just like keep this, let's start this off with a bang. Mm-hmm. I love that for them. Mm-hmm. Really,
1: for it's us. a really lovely reunion, I think. And then uh, I think they do mention also that they had to mess with their memories a little bit mm-hmm. in order for them to kind of forget that they had seen her blow up his face. But we can get into that, that in a minute because it's important. Later. Yeah, because that becomes important later. So. Fayre gets back to the night court with Lucian, and that and Moore's waiting for Yeah, her. Moore's waiting for because her. Because she not to
0: the border because of Iris.
1: Iris, Iris. Is it Iris or Iris? Iris. Yeah. Aris. Mm-hmm. So Aris
2: sweet. Iris. Which we love, Morris, still one of my favorite characters in this.
1: She's series. awesome.
2: So Lucian
1: gets his first glance
2: at the Hound and Valaris,
1: and it is not at all what he thought it was going to be. None of them, did. and yeah, and I, I think it was. I think he, it, he had a lot of shocks to his system. Yeah. It was this is not what I anticipated the night tour being like. Because well, he thought it would be like under the mountain, mm-hmm. and then of course, like the realization of Feyre and Rissan and how they're they're actually genuinely in love, and it's a genuine accepted mating. It's not him mentally messing with her, you know. Well, and he meets all of the inner circle finally, right? And
0: it's super interesting. So, do you remember how he introduces himself to Amaran?
1: He was scared as fuck, if I remember correctly. <laughs> that was a wild reaction. Yeah. That she
2: was like this folklore told to kids growing up. Mm-hmm. Who the fuck is she? Who mm-hmm. is she? I'm so annoyed. Like, that's, we will talk <laughs> I love about. Amorin. I don't. Uh, we'll talk about it later. But he
0: also didn't use his last name or his family name.
2: Yeah. Which goes to
0: my point. He feels, he's like a homeless dog mm. he has no family <gasps> mm-hmm.
2: what <laughs> i said foreshadowing oh, yeah. so this is also when thanks to i'm assuming as is spy work we find out that Tamlin is SOL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she Bye. she fucked his shit up
1: good. Well, mm-hmm.
2: she made him look so
0: bad, so everyone just pretty much deserted him. Honestly, I'm not about about it. Mm-hmm. And
1: then I, Anthony, went into hiding. Anthe went into hiding.
2: Mm-hmm. Um Tamlin's sentries abandoned him after abusing the one. And uh, most people have evacuated the
1: Supreme Court. This will ultimately have really bad consequences. We'll get into that in a minute. Bad mm.
2: consequences from for, how see, for see decisions from the Night Court. You don't say. <laughs> Let's just keep burning each solar or not solar courts. All of the courts. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Ugh,
1: Let's idiots. keep burning these bridges, yeah. idiots. Oh. Mm. I mean.
0: Sometimes Reese and Pharaoh think with their heart and not
2: necessarily their mind. Mm-hmm. Reese like, don't worry, I'll sacrifice myself for us
1: all. <gasps> this is a solution to everything. Else. I, I, j- I j- <laughs> <laughs> insecurity makes me- In Hero Complex? In Hero <laughs> Complex makes me- furious but also we
2: didn't even think about it is that the last time pharaoh saw asriel and cassian they were both on the verge of death on their Mm -hmm. own ways. yeah so for for cassian to be there with his wings that he is healed but still reworking those muscles yeah it was a huge deal to see
0: honestly but what you know what so like i know you mentioned earlier where he kind of gives her a look and he's like, hey. Get it together. You can handle this or whatever. I think seeing him healed up to the extent that he was was kind Mm -hmm. of like a... I feel like it had to have given her more energy because she might have been thinking the worst and not knowing what the state is. And so it's kind of a relief. So it's like, oh, you know when you release stress and you just kind of move on and you have this burst of energy? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Also, Durian went back to hybrid. Yep. 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 I don't know how I feel about him.
2: I still don't know. I feel like he's... That's the one, I think, problem I have with this book is just I don't... There's so much backstory about him and not a lot of information about his current motives. He's just all over the place and it's really hard to follow because he's not constantly present.
0: Do you think that Sarah J. Moss would ever do a whole, what do you call it, like a novella solely about Miriam and Dracon?
2: Oh... Like a
0: prequel type deal? Not even prequel, but like current what's going on in their world before she brings them back into the...
2: She has, my understanding is two more novellas and one more full-length I wonder if one of them is going to be them. Well, because I figured the next... to be important. The next full-length has to be focused on Elaine and or Asriel, I think. Yeah. Then I think one of the novellas is probably going to be more and whatever her side Mm. story is going to be. And then the other novella could either be Tamlin... Or something else, or maybe Lucian, or mm-hmm. something with that, because well, we'll get to Tamlin later. But yeah, his story is kind of funky too. Mm. After a certain point, in my opinion,
1: girl, just keep writing books. We need more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I was gonna say I had kind of a realization when I was like rereading this section because we we're we're I'm I'm kind of skipping ahead a, a little bit. But, you know, Azriel talks about the story of Nephel when he's training, mm-hmm. when he's yeah. training Feyre. And he talks about how Miriam was insistent during this battle with the Dark Queen. She was insistent on everyone had to get out before she did. So mm-hmm. she stayed behind for all these humans. And it made me realize this is probably what Jurian loves about Miriam is mm-hmm. she really cares about people. Like she... She was a warrior. And yeah. He was, at the end of the
0: day, he was a warrior.
1: I feel like I've misjudged him in the sense like when I read that part I was like you know I bet this is what why Jiren is so obsessed with getting Miriam back like I think he sees her as an equal and I just think he doesn't I think it's his sort of mental grasping of what a mating bond is for himself I think. And he put her on a pedestal Yeah absolutely.
2: And it was just that much more crushing that he thought Miriam was gonna be at her side but she was kind of abandoned by him. That's why she fell back in with Dracon.
1: You know I I actually keep meaning to ask you guys this because this is something that's kind of bothered me. I've always wanted to talk about it, but I, I feel a little insensitive. So one of the things when it comes to Miriam, I don't know how long a half Fae would survive, but I'm assuming longer than a human. Yeah, yeah. I just when I see these like half fey or like human fae relationships, I'm like it's not gonna work. You're gonna outlive this person. And I wonder, not that I'm saying that Cassian gave up. Like I know he's really hard on himself about not saving Nesta from becoming a fae, and not that he's anticipating being with her. But we definitely saw the makings in the last book of their sort of chemistry. If there's sort of a twisted gratefulness to Nesta becoming. A Faye now? Honestly, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree with that. I don't. I don't. It's, I know, it's never it. said, and I'm not. And I don't want to assume that Cassian. If he, I'm not going to say like if he wasn't completely damaged like he was, or, or completely hurt the way that he was, that he wouldn't have. He's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to fight for Nesta because I really want her to be a Faye, and I want to hit that, you know. But I think that's an interest. So
2: mm-hmm. something that I always think about when it comes to Nesta and Elaine turning Faye. Which I think is evident in Lucian's reaction and realizing Elaine was his Fae, is that mating bonds are supposed to be rare, quote unquote. Here we've got three. Mm-hmm. Okay, potentially three. But so it's this theory that it's supposed to be for the strongest. There is like a, a reason, like it's like a fate type of thing to bring these people together. So, what are the odds that these men were fated to these women or possibly fated to these women and that, went, that they had to turn Fae? So was this always part of the human design for them? That this was eventually going to have to happen oh, to them? Yeah, like in faith strings. Right, or... So they were going to
1: become fae? is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, just
2: Possibly. I'm mm-hmm. just playing with it because that also happened with Farrah. So think about Resand when, you know, when she was in the human realm, it was very vague. Like, it was very fuzzy. She crossed over. The bond became stronger. And that, you know what I mean? So, like, maybe there's something to it that this was always going to happen one way or another. I, I see. Gosh, what if? Oh, this just giving me goosebumps. <laughs>
1: what Should I close if... my ears? Is this a... no? It's okay. not a
0: spoiler. What if so? We see a lot of humans becoming Fey, and they're becoming mates. What if there's this interwoven design in Fates where a lot of the humans were supposed to become fae and that's why there are not a lot of mates.
2: Yeah, but I think the the act of coming being human to Fey is very rare, though. Oh, well, I know, and I think that's why mating is rare.
0: Like, mm. do you see what I'm saying? Do you uh, think that because ma- mating is rare, is because a lot of the humans are mates to phase, but they will never know because they're human. Because you know, in other J Maas universes, fading is a little. Fading? <laughs> because mating, <laughs> fading, fading, <laughs> mating, same thing. Mm-hmm. A little more common.
1: So, we're at, uh, we're back in the night court. Uh, Farrah Fair. gets it on with Reese's. I was going to say that. Mm-hmm. Steamy little Violet reunion. Is. And then she meets up
2: with her sisters.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly, my heart hurts so much when she sees her sisters.
1: Especially Elaine. Yeah, that was really depressing. Of course, Nesta's was Nesta. not great. Like- <laughs> She's Nesta. <laughs> she was, I mean, like... Honestly, I thought it was going to be worse just because I know, right? yeah, I thought it was going to be way worse, but I think her sort of her coldness this time around almost felt worse because it was so like, okay, whatever, bye. I, mean, like, I think the you know? worked in her favor though. Yeah. It was just kind of like, well, this is my new reality. She's definitely accepted it. And I think that's a really important thing about Nesta is- You know, it's so funny. It's the same thing when she was a human and she accepted that her dad wasn't taking She's like, this is what it is. Right. I, I, Nesta's a really unique character where she, re- as, as weird as it sounds, because she is so resistant to so many things, she actually goes with the flow She lets life happen. Yeah, she, exactly. Like, she doesn't fight against life. I mean, she's stubborn to a fault about certain things or, like, people, or she kind of makes up her mind about things. But she doesn't allow the difficult things that come to her to completely take over her life mm-hmm. like she's very interesting she's a really interesting character i mean i'm not she's not my favorite because she's just not very nice but <laughs> no and I, but she's growing on she's me. not a
0: likable character
1: i, right. don't, I just right. don't appreciate once
2: you get through silver flame like you don't have to like nesta but you can't deny your appreciation for her and her story mm-hmm. and i hate the people that are hard passed or like obsessed you don't, have to, you don't have to be on either side of that spectrum, it's and great. I don't think you should
1: be, It's very in my great. opinion. But I can see why, like Hannah, you're the Nesta of the three <laughs> of us. Like, but you connect with her in a way that I can't do that. You know, I think I understand why certain people really like her as a character and become really obsessed with her, because she isn't your, she isn't a, an Elaine or a Favra, where they're, you know, like Brat. Well Freya was a brat Right She's like Like <laughs> yeah, Do we think she's a, was the yes. d- what, she's a brat the de- She's like a deviant brat what, what was that quiz thing She's totally a brat <laughs> Doesn't matter <laughs> like, and, and, and where Elaine Is like the stereotypic Kind of like Disney princess Sort of vibe Like mm-hmm. I feel like We always see those Female tropes uh, Sorry Characters Yeah And to see Nesta In this more leading role Which is something We Someone we don't often see In these types of books yeah, Or Setting is really complex. Yeah, it's well, it's because it's like you don't like her, but she, there's a
0: mystery to it's, her. It's funny because like there are so many times you dislike her, and then there are moments of her where you're like, oh, I kind of like that.
1: Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. She, and you're like you don't really know how you feel about her. Very redeemable as a character, I think. Very, very redeemable. And 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 I I mean I'm looking forward to getting to know her more through these series. I'm looking forward to her to like soften up a little bit. But yeah, no, I. I it's a long yeah. climb. I, I don't. I, but uh, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, it's a good thing she's immortal because I know it's gonna take a minute. So like, I just she's got all the time in the world. Yeah, you exactly. might relate to her stubborn ass, though. I I, I, I do. I mean, I do in many ways. Like the person who doesn't like change. I'm <laughs> saying. I am just saying that I appreciate her. I don't, I, but she's not likable for me. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm going to be really stubborn about that. How about that? Well, I'll be a Nesta it. about fucking
2: Nesta.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you such a
0: Nesta. So, but one thing that we notice is she is emitting an insane amount of Yeah, it's, it's there. It's so, but you know what? That's so intriguing to me because it's like, Nesta is the one person that you don't necessarily, because like, she's the one who gave up on her family. Back in the day, and now she's, she fought this cauldron, and she's taken something from it, and she's emitting this really creepy power that we don't exactly know what it is. And it's, like, Nesta, of all people, the one that we thought was a doormat when it came to, like, putting forth any effort into anything, mm-hmm. and she was capable of doing this. It was unexpected.
1: yeah. I remember reading that. I remember reading her transformation into a fae and thinking, you know, they they described her fighting with the cauldron. And it's just like, of course, Nesta would fight with like a magical being that has no, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, she wasn't going down. Yeah, exactly. Like, even if it's like this magical old school entity that has no. Face. Yeah. She's gonna fight whatever to maintain some <laughs> Nestor just doesn't care about anything. Anything. It's impressive, but that's but so yeah, depressing. you know, there's that great line <laughs> relatable, it's fine. <laughs> there's I think that's why Amran Connects with her so strongly, especially in these chapters. And she says that great line because Nessa just straight up asks her, Why do your eyes glow like that? Like, no, no shame, no, no shame. fear. Mm-hmm. Like, whereas, like, so... Lucian's shaking in his fucking boots, like, bowing like, like, to you know, Amber. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and she says, It's it's just the one thing about this, the containment spell that she couldn't get quite right and it's just like a remnant of what lies beneath or what what's lurking beneath I think is what the line is and that is very Nesta. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah. There's something there and they can all tell it. There's just something there. And Nesta claims she doesn't know what that is. We don't really know if she's being honest about it or not. But, you know but- what? I don't think Nesta,
0: at least in this stage, you'll learn more about her later. Yeah. But she's one of those people who she doesn't do self-reflection. Right. Because I think it's too hard for her. Yeah. If you tell her she has
2: something inside her, she's just kind of like, Oh, okay. No, I don't. <laughs> <God>. It's fine. <laughs> it's-
1: it's fine. Oh my gosh. This she side. would say exactly what Liz would say. <laughs> man. She would be the worst person to be a flat earth believer. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. Stubborn ass bitch. Mm, I would not want to deal with her. <laughs> so we also see Elaine who looks bad. She's- she looks like a walking skeleton. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Really like sunken in. Probably a lot like Feyre did, uh, this top of uh, the I didn't second even book. Think of the parallels of that. Oh, mm-hmm. poor Elaine. Mm-hmm.
2: And her wedding's supposed to be coming up. Yeah, she, like a week or two from that time. Oh, she's still I, counting down and wearing her ring. Oof.
1: I think that was what was so heartbreaking about Elaine is she. Emotionally was stuck From the day that everything Happened yeah. like she just Hadn't she would not move forward You it's know almost like the culture invader frozen In time mm-hmm. and you Know it's it, it was rough and I know that Lucian really wanted to see Elaine but that was just shot Down immediately and of course rightly you know, so rightly so absolutely And Nesta you know I, I really wouldn't mess With Nesta at this time <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, um, Cassian won't even mess with Nesta <laughs> She just yeah, her just saying she wants to go like you know, Sam was being so patient and so I'm not, not saying that she has to be nice to him because of what's happening, but <laughs> No like, second, no fucks. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean with with Elaine, he was asking her, like, can we get you anything? And she's like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. Oh. Like it was heartbreaking. Oh, like it, I I got I got a little choked up reading it.
0: Well, yeah, and then Rhysand kind of gets involved to keep
1: Lucian away. hmm They let him stay close by, but he's not allowed to see her.
2: They're working on a system yeah. of making sure Elaine is in a more stable place before letting them interact, which definitely needs to happen because, I mean, who knows how she's going to survive at this point. Yeah. You know what's
0: so funny? Lucian in this mm-hmm. situation, it's not like he's a prisoner because he can come and go as he pleases, but he's also kind of a prisoner in the same sense. I
1: know, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's a weird, a weird gray area. Yeah. Yeah. We also go to dinner with everybody, and Nesta goes, and she looks hot. She is so mean to more. <laughs>
2: Like, But wait, I love the line right before that where, because Reese decides to try to get a, a meeting going with all the high lords. And then Cassian says about Nesta, I just can't stay away.
1: Oh, okay, because they're flying, and and uh, Feyre is asking him about Nesta. And, like, what's with that tension? Just, or right. like, oh. oh, she's she's being a fucking like like a meddler. Or what do you call busybody. it? Yeah, yeah, she's being a fucking busybody, being nosy, and she they were. You know, it's it's sad to see how much Cassian blames himself or, like, still holds responsibility for what happened to the two of them because he so much made compassion him... compassion for Yeah, him. and, and he, he's felt so guilty that he didn't do anything, even though he's, like, literally... No wings, like, which we know is one of the most sensitive parts of Illyrian's... Bo- he's Illyrian, right? Illyrian's right. bodies, and he's, like, stabbed and bleeding out and dying, and he still <laughs> thinks he should have done something. Like, it was just... It was... It was... It really showed a different side of Cassian, I think. And then, of course, his just like can't stay away from Ness is just.
2: Oh. What's funny is that when we were looking at the pic- the new pictures of the inner circle, Sarah didn't realize that Illyrians don't have pointed ears. Oh, I did. We it. had a whole conversation. I about had no it. idea. Uh, I was thought, like, everyone- what's wrong with his ears? I was like, no, nope, Illyrians don't. have I was like,
1: they are them. so dumb. <laughs> 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 we're not the pointy ears. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nope that's 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 a choice. Nope, that's there. That was always there. I I just never paid attention. He has such like flowy hair, so I just never. That's true. I, just, I was always distracted by his man bun. If I'm being honest, <sighs> I was distracted by all everything of else. <laughs> I don't like. You guys know how I feel about man buns. However, Cassian, he can, his can stay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's revealed at this dinner that Marian and Draken are. They're on this island called Creta, Creta. Honestly, I don't even know. Okay. Well, anyways, they're on this island and they went to go see them for help with this war because they have this whole legion over there and it was deserted. It was, no one was there. The whole place was in shambles. So they don't know where Mirian and Draken are. I mean, they assume that they're hopeful that they're alive, but we just don't know.
2: And we should clarify that this race of Fae have feathered wings. They're Mm -hmm. not the bat boy wings like the Illyrians that- seraphin they're called
1: seraphin mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. So they're a different race of Fae, but a flying force that could be super helpful in this fight against Hybern. Yeah. So they're uh,
0: nowhere to be found. Yeah, not mm-hmm.
2: a great start. Also, Resan, to much to Farah's dismay, was poking around the human continent to figure out where the queens were and seeing what Hybern's up
1: to, and she like
2: loses her shit. Mm-hmm. That was kind of funny. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Well, I think knowing, again, knowing Rhysand's hero complex Of course he was going to do it Right If he had gotten caught, he would have just been like, take me, take me for my people Like, You know what? I'm going to defend Reese. No The boy needed something <laughs> no. He needed no. something to do to keep himself busy Fair So he's going to sacrifice him Actually, you know, what? this sounds like a very Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, that's fair, especially because they weren't able to communicate the
2: way they wanted to Granted, part of that was her being poisoned Mm-hmm we learned but yeah i would be going crazy if my newly minted mate was in enemy land and um, you can't go there i would be losing and then i still kudos to Farah for not having to fuck tamlin in that time too like that i did not understand how she was gonna pull that off and she did no she. Has i'm gifts. like so impressed with it. Her. Was oh, nice. mm-hmm. love, it. love that for her <laughs> So then, also, they kind of talk about why hybrid is so siloed from the rest of the continent and the Fey people. And I made the note that it kind of gives uh, Hitler pre-World War II vibes that they're in such a low point. They're so separated from the rest of the world that this leader comes in, promises all these great things, talks about they'll never let humans be seen as equals amongst the Fae ever again. And that
1: they're just brainwashed and the propaganda, like you said. I also think about the Civil War a little bit here when it comes to how humans were a part of their infrastructure and how they played a big role in... I mean, slavery labor. And, and, and labor. Well, and to now lose that workforce and have to do, I mean, I know it sounds elitist, but they've lost all of that and they feel hurt by it. I mean, in, in their yeah. own way. And I agree with you, like Hitler is one of those people who definitely took advantage of, of people's perceptions that were already like bad around Jews and mm-hmm. gypsies and well, stuff like that. And, and you
0: have to also take into like consideration you know. the population that, wasn't necessarily for anything, but had to because of situations, yeah, mm-hmm. or yeah. like where they lived, or
2: forced into yeah. it, yeah. It's uh, like my life
1: could be as bad as that, but I'm not gonna fight it because I don't want my life to be as bad as that, right? Exactly. So, you know, he's, he's taking advantage of manipulating a, a whole mass of people and promising something that's really awful. But I mean, he has what was it, 100,000 soldiers is what mm-hmm. they His were found, arms are, yeah, arms are
0: outrageous, outrageous. And in this, they, like, while they're learning about Highburn and kind of getting an update from Reese, this is when they start to kind of put the books to good use, trying to figure out how they're going to fill the holes in the wall. Mm. Like, this is more, I feel like these these next chapters are the filler and like, yeah. the building up of what's to come.
1: As well as sending out invitations to all of the High Lords, including mm-hmm. Tamun, and to st- have a meeting. And this is to discuss the war, maybe create alliances to try to fight against Highburn. And they
0: need to, like, they've burned so many bridges. They need to build up the people that are actually in the inner circle now. And it's funny because Nesta has these powers and Amryn's like, you guys have got to train her. And yeah. Feyre's like, absolutely not. And Amryn kind of, like, puts Feyre in her place. It's a little funny.
2: It, uh- and is like way more down to help than I think Pharaoh anticipated, which yeah. is why Pharaoh is so hesitant about it. She's like, fuck no, she's not going to do this, Pharaoh.
1: And Nesta's like, let's try. Yeah, I got nothing better to and do. And are like, oh. She Ooh. was, however, not a, a fan of the other idea which yes. was they wanted nessa to come to the high lord meetings to do a testimony about what happened to her in the cauldron and she was like absolutely not but you know what's so, funny yeah
0: do you remember what amaran said to Farah? what she said that
1: she was acting like Tamlin. i know the, <gasps> i and died i was like Whoa, girl i felt like you could hear a pin drop you know it and of course, Moore being the wonderful person that she is, she demanded Amran apologize to Favorite. Of course she didn't. Of course. Like it's Amron. It's it's no wonder why she loves Nesta so much. Yeah, BFFs. Right? Oh. But but I love her it so was much. I mean there is. It's brutal. It is a. There is some brutal truth. It's truth to that. That fear. That's. You know what? Amryn's thinking like a
0: commander. She's like, we have yeah. this person, and she's the one who kind of explains that when Nesta went into the cauldron, she took from the cauldron, which is very rare and probably not something that anyone thought could happen. Mm-hmm. And so Amryn's like, we have this this huge force that we need to use to our advantage. And we'd be really stupid not to, especially with all the bridges that we've been burning and things that we don't know are going to happen. Like we don't know what's going on in Hyper, and we only can see what we have so far. Right. Like we don't actually know what he has.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I think it's important that they address too, that the inner circle was pretty miffed about, Again, resand pulling shit and mm. not telling them that Pharaoh's high lady.
1: Yeah, Cassian mentions that when they're training as he was really upset about not knowing that. And it's got to be hard, you know, especially when resand shut down Valaris and became Amarantha's fuck buddy, you know? Like, it's gotta be hard for them to be left in the dark like that constantly. And it makes me mad
0: because at least with Under the Mountain, they knew what he was doing. And so they didn't like it, but they respected it. And so the fact that they didn't have that... He didn't give them that same respect in this situation is a little infuriating.
2: Especially her going back, not only to an ex, but an abusive ex like that. Mm. Hoping that... All of a sudden she's got, she can finally read and that she like has enough to hold on her powers to defend herself is scary.
1: Yeah. But she, again, but she's pulling a re-sand, which is like, I'm going to do this to protect you guys, even though Your it's palace. going to like pain you terribly to lose me and you would rather problem solve something else Mm -hmm. but no it's like they didn't land on the inner circle
0: and that's what the whole inner circle is for Mm -hmm. yeah which was kind of stupid
1: so one thing to
2: highlight is that Feyre is embracing her shapeshifter slash Illyrian side by learning how to fly so not only is she still going back to doing her regular warrior combat training with Cassian but now she's supplementing with flying training with Asriel who is the best match for training her based on his tragic, awful upbringing and him having to learn how to fly later in life as well. They're learning in and out, and I guess the biggest takeaway on it is that after a few sessions, she's struggling, and he is honest with her. He's like, yeah, he's like, you're probably not going to be able to be ready for the war, but bigger things have happened. Other, like, miracles have happened before, and I think you training up until the very end is going to be in your best interest
0: foreshadowing (laughs) me yeah
2: yeah absolutely Um, so that's really all we have to it's important to mention but that's really we'll get into the backstory of the example later yeah there's not much more to say about that it's just important that she's just kind of exploring different facets of
0: her ability yeah she's got to build up somehow because she can't just Mm -hmm. be ready for war right Mm
1: -hmm. i do like that you know because Wings are part of her shape shifting abilities. It's not like she just naturally knows how to fly. I feel like when we see characters in movies and and books and stuff, it's just like, Whoosh, I have wings now. I can fucking crush it. So it's nice to like see this sort of this sort of hill she has to climb. And it also, I was very excited that we might get to know Asriel a little bit better. We don't. We don't. <laughs> we, don't. We, don't. we don't at all. He. He's still a shadow. He talks maybe two percent more than he normally does. Jeez Louise. Uh, don't. Uh, mm. So let's go to the library. Yeah, we, we love libraries. Yeah, and especially Feyre since and we need Sandu too. <laughs> I was gonna say because Pharaoh knows how to read now, but like. So <laughs> I didn't know Nesta didn't know that she that that know was such a really sweet moment. Was oh. it sweet? No. I mean, <laughs> I love like no, and you're like, oh yeah. I feel like it is of her just. I feel like Nesta doesn't often admit when she's wrong about something. So, I mean, not that she's wrong per se, but for her to... I feel like that's opening up and that's very telling of Nesta, her being a little more vulnerable. Not even that. She just actually is like, oh, information that I don't know about. Yeah. Even for her to admit that to Feyre, I think, is a really important moment of Nesta. Like, I feel she's just one of those people who doesn't often let down that shield and be a little more vulnerable and i just nesta vulnerable never i'm just saying i thought it was a nice <laughs> unless moment. she goes to ria re- <laughs> thought it was i just thought it was a nice moment so it's, it's fine like, nestas can come
2: around too <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh how do you say it? clotho clotho, clotho. Mm-hmm. she is clotho. a high priestess poor woman i Her know talk about tragic, tragic. Up, uh, so she was assaulted by men, and they mangled her hands past the point of even magic being able to fix it, and they cut her tongue out.
1: So she couldn't tell people, like, who did it.
2: Not that she, even though Resan could have gotten it out of her head, she refused. She didn't want to. You know what? Kudos to Resan for
1: not going into her brain. But, you know, I think they found it because the men bragged about it, didn't it? And yeah, right, right. more and more but, hunted them down. But Resan didn't violate her more by going into her head. Right. Which...
2: And I really love the symbolism of the library being that sanctuary, even for Rhysand, him understanding people needing a safe space. We can keep talking shit about Rhysand's question, moral, morally question. I don't hate Rhysand. I don't hate him. I don't either. I'll never, I'll always like fall back on him, but he's not the forefront of my favorite book boyfriends. <laughs> He's definitely my favorite. And Rune Dannon of the Sarah J. Mask. Oh, Rune. I love that boy. And honestly, all all the men in Throne of Glass, it just depends on my flavor. I like them. Lorcan. Oh, Lorcan. You know what? Lorcan is my favorite Throne of Glass daddy. Fucking love him. (laughs) Love. And Dor- I mean, Dorian. It's fine. We'll go on. The Throne of Glass men are just the- Cream of the crop <laughs> of Sarah J. Mass is what I'm saying. There's a flavor for everybody. <laughs> and all of them
1: remind me yeah, exactly the Neapolitan of the yes. book Love it. it. Anyway, <laughs> so that was distract. And they were doing research for one in the library, I exactly. Mean, like? Just more cauldron and wall more cauldron. stuff. Yeah, more cauldron I wall like trying to stuff. figure
0: out what the hell's going on. Yeah, yeah.
1: there's only so much of those shady
2: ass books that talk back. If Ferrer are going to give them, <laughs> right? But the symbolism of the library being a sanctuary and that being really important for Rhysand to give his people I really love and appreciate from mm-hmm. him as a survivor of abuse like that. Oh, and we
0: should talk about, so one thing that is kind of glazed over is that there is this creature that lies at the bottom of the library. Yeah.
1: Which is like, okay, and then on to the next chapter. It scared the <laughs> shit out of Cassian. Like, he yeah. got one look at that thing, and he like, went right back up to the top. Like, It scared him more than Nesta did. That's bad. <laughs> <laughs> his threshold is high, yeah. but that
0: creature is high. Nesta... Creature of the Deep Library,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, well, they decided to go to the Bone Carver again. Yes, to ask for help with the war because
2: their idea was, why don't we tap into all these crazy magical motherfuckers, see if we can get them on our side? Mm-hmm. So it's all not these a bad like, idea. Weird
0: Amaran characters. Let's yeah, get
2: it. I mean it's valid. I I thought I ancient AF magical Honestly, thing.
0: It's funny because I think I feel like it's so powerful to reach out to these ancient beings and stuff, but also I feel like they're grasping at straws because they have nobody else.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, they're on the struggle because well, it's just like how it's—they're it, probably lucky they got them in prison in the first place. I know. That's I right? Like, I just
0: love how they're like, we'd rather go back to the bar—the uh, bone
1: carver than to Spring Court.
2: <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that doesn't work out. It's fine.
1: <laughs> he was this just is Plan Z. It. They were showing back on the Spring Court. Hi. <laughs> hey, how, are how y'all doing? I brought muffins. So <laughs> I'm <like>, um, <laughs> the problem. It's me.
2: <laughs> so they go back to the bone carver. Mm -hmm. And what's really important, which I think there's going to be a lot to talk about in the later books, is that the prison is we learned about on an island outside of the main
1: continent of Corinthian. Like uh, Al- Alaskar, Alaskar, Alcatraz? Alcatraz. <laughs> Copper. <Cards. laughs> <laughs> no, I don't feel so bad about the, what'd you say, the russet? russet. Oh, the russet. <laughs> <laughs> I said a brass tags. I said russet tags we were talking about evolution. <laughs>
2: So I think it's really important to note that we kind of go into the history of the prison, that it actually used to be, it used to actually be a functioning island with beasts and creatures and even High Fae used to live there, Mm. which I think foreshadows things that we've talked about, which we won't go into right now. But then they get down to the Bone Carver, and this is the first time that Feyre pieces together that the little boy she's been talking to is her firstborn.
1: (laughs) I feel like she should have noticed that sooner. Honestly, <laughs> the first time I ever saw the
2: bone cover, I was like, "Oh, that's her kid."
0: You, you, you caught, you caught on to yeah. that. I did too. Because yeah. it talked about his eyes, and I was like, "That's Reese and." <laughs> and everyone was like, "Oh, it's Reese as a little boy." I was like, "No, come no, on, no. people!
2: Why would she be seeing him as a little boy?" Pitching. So she pieced that together. But I mean, okay, she was so in denial about even wanting to like be acquaintances with Reese I also am not surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She like wanted nothing to do with the fucker and she didn't want to think that She would never actually like him, let alone want to procreate with him. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. So, haha, that proved the opposite. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so the bone carver does all these fucking riddles about Nesta taking from the cauldron that make no fucking sense. But now we're piecing together that she really fucked up the cauldron when she went in. He's explaining the universes and possibly where he came from. He talks that he has three siblings, or he's got two siblings. There's three of them total. One of them is... The Weaver, the Weaver, mm-hmm. um, and the other one is has been since abandoned to a lake on a continent. He doesn't give us the name of this sibling, no. But I think when we had talked about it, we all assumed that it was the creature in the library. Yeah, no, if you the other series, is. Yeah. this is crossover. I, feel, I don't think
1: I so. I feel silly. It's I did fine. not catch the whole lake thing. But so we well, none of us but did, like, though. If you it, read the other series,
2: you're like, oh, okay. Especially, well, and we'll get into it later, but it's, I think the ending of this book may led us to believe that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later. But Yeah, that's an unpacking for a crossover episode. Mm-hmm. So, after all these like, talking and riddles... Doing whatever the fuck the bone cover does, he finally gives out his price to help out with the war. The Adderbone. No. Oh wait, no. (laughs) The mirror. The mirror. I was gonna say. No, they they give him the Adderbone to be able to talk with him. Yeah, that's not important. What Mm -hmm. does he ask for to join the
1: war? The Arboros. Arboros. Ouroboros. That
2: That's
1: good. Ouroboros. 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 God, I feel like I have like marbles in my mouth. Yeah, it's, it, every, ta- every
2: time every mm. time the narrator says it in the audiobook, I'm like kudos woman. Yeah, she
1: <laughs> queen. Queen. She yeah.
2: So, this
1: mirror fucks you up. Ouroboros.
2: Ar- I, I messed Arboros. it up. Arabaros.
1: Arabaros. Uh, whatever. God, it feels like I'm like being sassy. Arabaros. <laughs> <laughs> is Kier, and Kier is Moore's daddy. I mean, real dad. Um, d- it's her dad. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said I, daddy, I forget the daddy on this platform means a very different thing. Yeah, it's not he's no, father. No, father. <laughs> father. That's what I say to my dad when I'm mad at him, like, yes, father. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm
0: watching a K-Drama right now where the lead character is so hot and he's a priest people call him, like, father, so it's so Have you like, seen? I don't know, father's kind of tainted for me now, too. <laughs> Have you seen the second season is it a flea bag. You seen flea bag? I haven't seen flea bag. It's on my list. Anyway, okay. Back to the
1: podcast. If you see flea bag, you know what I mean.
2: <laughs> so anyway, he wants this magical mirror that Kira will tell her, like, yeah, you could have it. Good luck, peace. So then they do more research and realize it's pretty much a fool's errand that the bone carver sends them on. So then they come back. From it, a little excited but also a little dejected because it has to oh. do with care. We also learned that Nesta's death. Hmm? We learned that Nesta is death oh, at the bone cover. Yes. Big
0: deal. Like, I, you know how, because like we've been touching on that Nesta is like has taken something from the cauldron, and I know in a previous episode we talked about how it literally encompasses death and this ulterior I don't even know what you would call it this crazy being of death it's like I don't even know how to explain it
1: I thought it was lame but that's just (laughs) I understand what she was going with it but I didn't like how it was described because it's the cauldron's sort of that intersection of life and death creation and destruction it's this sort of in the middle of where all life comes from and and where it takes away from it but yeah it reminds me of a black hole yeah, like a black hole. It's it's just that we love black holes. Where it's from, but it's from the creation of a star collapsing in on itself. It's just this sort of natural phenomenon, and it's just like, oh well, she's death because it's death. Is well, you know what it is? She, a personification. She, so of,
0: they, what's interesting is like when you say it like that. I think that something that gets overlooked when they say she took from the cauldron. It's almost like she's become part of the cauldron.
1: Yeah, I definitely got that vibe. I know it sounds weird, but it's like she took the cauldron's identity a little yeah. bit. Little thief. <laughs> hmm It definitely... I think the one thing that's important to note about the cauldron is there is a personality there. There is, is like... There? Thought and there is
2: it's its own character. Yeah, because, not that it's like out of personality, but it's its own. You know entity. what I mean? Like, but yeah. it has
1: thoughts, it has wants, it has frustrations. I, I guess mm-hmm. is not it's not the word I want to use, but I think it's important to note that there's, like you said, the 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 color has is a, a character all on its own.
0: So yeah, we learn about all that. They come back and is spewing shit. Yeah, <laughs> she makes a really interesting comment that says, "I can see so far now, all the way to the sea." That is scary. Mm -hmm. Elaine, something is wrong with you and your little depression. Yeah. I don't know, which is also just not a characteristic of Elaine's personality. Like she, I know that she's very depressed right now, but to have her say something like that, I don't know. It just, it, you know, it's so funny. Her saying that, though, made her such a more interesting character. A hundred percent. Because now she, there, she has this complexity to her that she never had.
2: No, and I love it. I, I love it, too. I'm so excited to see, because it they kind of pieced together <laughs> after some incidents that she's a seer. hmm And that's so fucking yeah, which cool. Which is, like, it's so amazing for Elaine, because she was such, I don't want to say it. She
0: was such a dull character.
1: Sam and I have talked about this at length, that that Elaine is sort of a copy-and-paste personality Mm, here. mm -hmm. Uh, And that's unfortunate. You know, Ness is so specific of a character, whereas Elaine is sort of fill-in-the-blank sometimes. And what I was going to say is, with the whole seer thing, you know, it kind of reminded me of... Game of Thrones? No, Ophelia (sighs) in Hamlet. Have Mm. you guys ever read the play? It's been a long time. She, you know, she goes... First Hamlet goes crazy, but he does that intentionally. Whereas Ophelia goes crazy somewhat unintentionally due to his craziness. Long story short, she kind of goes on these like babbling sort of things. And, you know, she's also, and I've showed you my favorite painting is mm-hmm. the Ophelia painting where she's she talks about flowers and, yeah. and rosemary. And I, I believe rosemary was actually a... Herb used to help, like, uh, like induce abortions. Not that she, not that she's <laughs> pregnant, but just saying weird stuff. There, but there's this sort of forebodingness to Ophelia in in that section of the book before she commits suicide. And I, I just saw this sort of parallel between the two, where like something really drastic happened to Ophelia, and then she sort of had this sort, this crazy babble. And I think my point in bringing this up is Elaine was discredited. For all of this, like, no one really took her seriously because she was so depressed. She was so, you could tell, physically affected by what happened to her that they didn't take her seriously. She's saying, I can see the sea. I can see old hands. No, young hands turning old. I see two ravens. And they're like, you're just really Depressed, you're just really depressed and delusional. And they, they thought maybe something happened to her in the cauldron, which uh, the opposite of what happened to Nesta. Right. So, where Nesta it took, took from her, right?
2: Nesta took from the cauldron to the cauldron, bit back, and took from uh, Elaine. Uh, Elaine. Did she finally leave her
1: No, she does. Well, actually, and that was because of Lucian. Remember, they have him go Mm -hmm. and talk to her because I think the healer told them, like... Oh, right, they got her checked out. Yeah, like, I mean, she's okay. The healer got her brain. But he (laughs) was like, he'll know what it is. He's a mate. Mates can tell these things. Have him go check her out. He had his opportunity. And he tells them, and it was so sad because, you know, Elaine instantly recognized him. She's like, you were the one that was there. and, And he, you know, apologizes for what happened. Happens and Let's be fair He didn't actually do all that No he didn't But she doesn't know that But she doesn't know that And she's still upset But he tells them That she needs to get the fuck out of the Because they're in the
2: They have a whole floor themselves Which is how, also has access but, to the library but, And that's how Lucian and Elaine Ran into each other or whatever but
1: they're on the hill Right they're not cause, so They're the house of The house tracks. of wind They're yes. not in the townhouse So anymore. they end up taking her to the townhouse And she actually starts to get a little bit a little livelier Yeah a little livelier Yeah she starts getting out of a room, going to the garden. Actually, Asriel takes her to the garden the first time they come out. And
2: you know what? I'm going to play a devil's advocate because if she really is a seer, I think... Her ability as a seer and his ability as the Shadow Singer, or whatever, is a really interesting pairing because he's the only one at this point taking Elaine seriously. And, the, and those cryptic messages, he realized there's something to it that no one else has tapped into yet. Honestly, I think it's also a personality trait though, because
0: he he's so used to being the wallflower that she's a literal Elaine, flower. Oh, oh I my love god! It. Stop. Show. <laughs> hey, I'm team As lucian Wait, saying. for them? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Nope. The
1: fan art is wild. Anyway, let's... Moving on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's fine. I'm like, I, I never considered it. And I'm like, you know what? I'll consider it. But I
2: like... I think I quoted this, that As isn't the ravishing type. We'll yeah. see how that... We'll see how that passes. You
1: know what? I think the boys <laughs> freaking cheats. I'll, I, I, I am like... I, I would bet money on that. I'd put a couple dollars on it. Man, if you think... Silver flame gets it's decided, the quiet like, ones. It's the quiet ones you need to look out for. I'm just saying. I don't know. I, so. I, th- I think, I think Az is a freak.
2: But, and you know what? Even Pharaoh agrees that Az and Elaine would be a cute couple. I think he'd so, be very
1: I generous. I they'd be better mates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's like Joey's she totally, <laughs> digging with and about the like, why can't they be together? And like, she just <laughs> wants, uh, you, but it's kind of crazy though because Cassian
0: and Azrael are his brothers, and then to be hooked up with their actual sisters, that just seems very
2: incesty. I love it. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> it, felt, it, felt, it felt it's not. It felt like super high schooly
1: to me. honestly Yeah, I bet, yeah. but I still love it. It's, I mean, I love, I, I love <laughs> Sarah it. Her and of course, you know, it's 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 just I don't know. It's just it's very Emma of of. of pharaoh yes like i'm gonna be matchmaker like i'm in love everyone's else gonna be in love yeah she's digging with cassie and anesta and she's like put planting the seeds oh. like you know no she's like well, Pharaoh
0: also goes into lucian's mind and finds out that that's how they had an in- encounter in the library
2: oh right because they were creeping to make sure that everything was going okay
0: yeah
2: and yeah, Lucian just stepping Walking
1: on those eggshells around her Is so hard to read mm-hmm. well, um, They thought he was gonna take her She genuinely, she was concerned That he might, yeah. yeah, take her But I don't know, I don't feel like Lucian, I personally didn't feel the way about Lucian, maybe, if, I didn't either I, I don't know, I thought that was a little dramatic Yeah, I, I don't think he would favor being dramatic? <laughs> no. Well no, I think honestly, I think it's a load of Bullshit, I think she was genuinely curious And just, oh, yeah. and, like, she just She's knows a little busy body she's a little nosy she's a little nosy Nelly. Yeah. so then
2: she finally her morality finally kicks in it's like fine i'll never do it again yeah. that's like the second or third time she's done it to lucian specifically. i yeah. know she is like so. you know what's so funny
0: she feels like she has no boundaries when it comes to him which is kind of messed up yeah it's yeah. it's well, it miss do-gooder
2: up. So these next couple chapters are pretty heavy yeah. in regards to the Court of Nightmares. And we really see Resand's true colors, in my opinion. Mm. And yeah,
1: who wants to start? Well, I'll start because you guys <laughs> can fill in. Unless you want to go, no, Sputters. Okay. So they go to the Court of Nightmares. The whole purpose of this is to request from Kier... To use his forces for this war with Hybern,
2: based well, on previous agreements yeah. right. for the Night Court on who rules what, and isn't it also to get to the Arabus?
1: Right. Well, that's, that's yeah, that's sort of secondary, and they kind of slide that in at the end. Yeah, that, that happens. They that,
2: that supports that, that, but the goal was they're trying to rack up their armies right now, mm-hmm. and based on previous treaties, the Court of Nightmares is ca- still kind of its own entity, right? That functions
1: outside of the rest of the Night of Court. So show them boss. <laughs> Well, and Kier certainly, after the last time they were in the Court of Nightmares, if we remember correctly, Reese messed up Kier's hand pretty bad Mm -hmm. because he called Farrah Whore? Isn't this
0: also when he finds out that Fear is the high lady? Yes.
1: Officially. This time, yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, this time around. She wasn't the first time around. He She, yeah. she was just the Horror. person who, yeah, the person who succeeded. Oh, because if they yeah. come
2: back and there's only one throne and Rhysand's
1: like, you won't make this mistake That's again, right. There she, will be two for us. She sits on the throne. He sits on like the arm of it. I <laughs> love it. Power move. Let's go. And there was what, like three or four people who were trying to reach out to her mind. Oh, okay. And- And she, and she just, yeah, she told them what's what, I tell you. Well, when we find out that Kyr's sympathetic to Highburn. Wait, Kier asks if
2: he wants, if he's going to sacrifice his army, he wants access to Valaris. But it's restricted. I mean, let's all, but no, but but he doesn't doesn't want Valaris for himself. He wants to do it as a middle finger to Moore, who ruined Kier's life. Those damn women wanting autonomy. I want to be bred like cattle. How dare she? Yeah. So then, Rhysand, knowing that Kier was going to have some type of was going to try to pull something, ropes in of all people, and might we add, more Cassian and Azriel are are all in this meeting along with Feyre and Rhysand.
1: Brings in Eris. Yeah, I'm getting emotional right now. <laughs> and- Just like knowing. Obviously, there's a lot about more we don't know, but what we do know is how, she, I mean, we know she was beaten terribly, she was engaged to Eris. she fucked Cassian, they called off the engagement, she was beat to an inch of her life, and Eris did nothing, and Azrael was the one who found her, so we know those details of that. And And then Eris doesn't necessarily, because it's confronted, he is confronted about this when he shows up, he doesn't necessarily say that he, that that's not true, he just said there were other things in place that he could not speak to. Which
2: I can understand that there's more that maybe more, there's something in more story that she doesn't want to talk about but man am i gonna fight on her fucking side until that comes out i'm mm-hmm. gonna stick a middle finger at eris until that because right. maybe eris is maybe better a better person in the long run but i'm not willing to concede to that until i know the details you get the
0: vibe that he gets a redemption story
2: well we don't really too, I think. yeah i think he will he's the only rede- he's at this point the only redeemable person in the autumn court like who's gonna run the autumn court Right, someone has to be better than Baron at this He's point. He's the worst. Yeah, so I mean, I think Eris in the long is playing the long game yeah, in a way that no one else is, maybe besides Resand, and that's why they're doing this. Mm-hmm. But until then, I'm not going to trust this bitch of an inch of my life mm-hmm. until I am proven otherwise. I'm just going to die on that hill. Yeah.
1: So Eris shows up. And, of course, like, you know, it's, like, two slaps in the face for more. Like, her home is going to be violated by her her father. And then on top of her it... Her safe space. Yeah, her yeah, safety. Away from home. her father. Mm-hmm. Her safety is gone. And and now she has this, like, t- this person who's a very traumatic person figure. to... Figure. Yeah, yeah, figure to her. Thank you. Showing up, who is going to... I mean, the whole purpose of having Eris there is... The deal is with resand. And this is why it's so heartbreaking. Is Rysand made a deal with Eris to help him ascend to support his claim to the Autumn Throne, Autumn Court Throne? Mm-hmm. If he assi- and he'll assist them in this, he'll war. put a good word into bear to try to rope in that support for the war. Yeah, to have the Autumn.
2: But court. what's crazy that still blows my mind is the only reason why Re-Sand is playing this hand is because Eris. Blocked off the m- memory altering spell or whatever the hell Resan did on them. So Eris has that nugget of information that Farah
1: has all of their powers. Well, mm-hmm. two, and we, we find this out afterwards as well, Azriel got caught.
2: Oh, right. Asriel right. got caught spying, but then also Eris still remembered. What Pharaoh did, even though Reese thought he wiped his memory. Mm-hmm. So Reese's hand was forced, and obviously, he picked after everything. He's obviously gonna pick his mate over his cousin. But
1: man, was that a fucked up couple of chapters. I feel like this is a good example of a time where he could have pulled more aside, explained everything that's happening, and she would have understood. Maybe she wouldn't even have gone to the nightmare. I mean, obviously she would have protested, and I think that's completely valid. But he's the he's the night court dude. Sorry. He's the High Lord of the Night. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Right. But so why does it matter? Like, why does he have to put her in this situation? Blindside all of them them in the process. Yeah. He did not have to do that. No. I don't know. And I think I just, I don't understand him on this. He thinks it's the better thing to do. But I'm like, she is literally having a fucking heart attack. I mean, not heart attack, but like she's it's free. Panic. Yeah. She's having a panic attack in front of her father. Who she's, you know, she wants to maintain this, this sort of power dynamic with him where she feels like, I mean, like she does, she can murder her dad anytime she wants to. No consequences. That's true. Mm-hmm. Maybe she should have done it <laughs> <laughs> I agree, I fucking agree But anywho Baloo, it's just I really dislike Re-San for this type of decision Making, cause this is the shit he did With Tarquin, this is the shit He did with the inner Amarantha. circle and, and Amarantha And the inner circle when it came to Feyre saying staying in the spring court It's like, I'm not gonna tell anybody What I'm doing, cause it's for the best Ultimately, and it's just he has this wonderful support system and he doesn't trust them and Which it's weird. It's and they pretty blindly will listen to anything
2: he does. Mm-hmm. Or like they will always have a discussion of it but they'll always default to him at the end cuz you know Sarah and I have talked about this of all like the found family stories that I've read in the past year the inner circle is easily the most toxic. There is no <laughs> work-life balance
1: and it is so fucked. And I like, it, I cringe every time I read it. I made it. the comment <laughs> no. with her the other day. I'm like, I don't... I feel like the worst male friendship group is Cassian, Reese, and yes. Asriel. Because they don't know... Anything about each other And they're they, like total dudes though <laughs> Yeah but they, they don't talk about their insecurities they, They're they just like This is what As does, this is what Cass does this is what Rhysands does These are the stuff, we're not going to question it or challenge it This is what life is, this is how they behave And we're just going to deal with it We don't, I said that they're more like Brothers or siblings in that sense Yeah we're at, like going of being really good close friends They probably were because they would have Three, four hundred years of a relationship at this
2: point Point, mm-hmm. Probably close to the five hundred that. Re-San I mean, I think is. they would be talking
1: oh. to each other in each other's minds. Well, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like Resand will always win a fight because he is High Lord, and then Cassian will always win a fight because he is General, and Asi, sorry, Asi. Asriel <laughs> As- As- will always do whatever the fuck he does. You know what I mean? They just they never try to compromise or yeah. talk would you things say out. That they're alpha holes. Yeah, all three of them. I, I mean, like, am I? Wrong, sorry, we gotta move on to the uh, Oh, next sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, I could I could bitch about this all day, but I'm just saying they're very toxic, yeah. all of them are very toxic. So then, Amryn,
2: you know, is like, Why would you do this? and they have a whole to do about it in yeah. the townhouse again once they get back. And more is devastated,
1: as mm-hmm. she should be. Also, Kier does they do ask for the Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Ouro- Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Whatever. Ouro- and he's Ouro- like- Ouroboros. And he was like, oh, yeah, you can have it because everyone who looks at it goes crazy. So it's all yours. Have it as a wedding. Uh, not a wedding gift, a mating gift or whatever. Oh, LOL. Well, good luck. Goodbye. Hey, Come out, Get it whenever you well, want. And
0: he also said that no one's ever gained access to it successfully. Yeah. So, so yeah. they
2: either die or go crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they technically have it, <laughs> but they they can't retrieve it. And it was owned by a dark queen. Yeah. I, I made this note so. of the Blackland—that's all we know.
1: Yes, I believe my theory on this is: I think it's the same queen that owned Miriam. Miriam. Yeah, I do, and I have my theory Miriam. on who that queen is. So. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the queen because it talks about like how is this evil queen who used to use the mirror to hunt down maidens to steal their youth. We'll for another episode. and stuff like that. Uh, well, no, this is this is this yeah. is in this section. It's, yeah, Pharaoh talk. Well, Pharaoh or, or whoever the hell talks about it when when she's doing finalists with, with Asriel and they do the whole Nafel story which is very interesting but yeah no, I know I do think it's my theory is it's the, the queen that owned Miriam at one time and, and started that battle. Sorry you were
2: talking about Moore's very upset. Mm-hmm, and Amorin kind of calls Reese out on his bullshit mm-hmm.
1: um, That's why I like Amran. But then they fucking they Hammer. turn it back on Amryn and they revealed to her that they went to Bone Carver and she was very upset about this. They asked her how she became herself, like how she turned more from, fucking riddles. Yeah, supplies. I mean that's
0: a little invasive question. No,
1: it where was you from? well it, it, exactly. These were things that again they never asked her about until and, they needed until the they needed to know. And she was not willing to talk about it. I mean, she did in her own way, but she says she had to sacrifice who she was to turn, like, to contain and and become something different. And she didn't have, like, human emotions, like, uh, attachments and things like that, and, and like, she does now. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't know if she were to change back how that would affect her relationships with them, so... We don't know. Firebird in the sky. Mm hmm.
2: And then, you know, as in Pharaoh training, he kind of tells her that cute, uplifting story of the mm-hmm. little,
1: what, seraphin that Sarah could Finn. essentially. She had a malformed wing and, but and she they were saved, the world. So she she saved a... the world. She didn't save the world. She said him. but yeah, she's, yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. Which is
2: essentially their world. Yeah. So that was a really cute, I'm sure that story will come into play later because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. they all allegedly lived happily ever after, so hopefully there will be a full circle moment with that. Yep. And the, the quote of a greatest weakness can also be a big strength. That's um, their Nafel philosophy
1: is what they said. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: In the Illyrian war camps. So no one is ever truly discounted when they go through it because of that.
1: Right. And then we go back to the library. This is also where Nesta tells, we, we just talked about this, how she tells Pharaoh that she didn't know she was reading I, I thought this was a very nice moment, but <laughs> we can feel differently. <laughs> and the the library, they are attacked by two ravens, and these are lackeys of Hybern. Mm-hmm. So Highborn is in Valaris, which is not good. So they're and Feyre can't reach out because the uh, the the library is warded.
0: It's protected
1: favorite decides, because she's with Nesta, she's got to protect Nesta as well. And they're coming for Nesta, mm-hmm. is what the Ravens reveal. And yep. she's like, she has no other option. So she, ta- she takes Nesta down to see if maybe the monster in the deeps Of the library Can assist
2: Oh but they're going After Nesta Because it's revealed That The mortal queens Got fucked up Going in the cold After Nesta
1: So the youngest One went in (laughs) First Because she wanted To keep her youth And she came in And she came out Old But immortal turned old Yeah but she came out Immortal But super duper old So (laughs) she Freaked the rest of them out And they were like Nope not going in there So She has a vendetta Against Nasta, she, well, uh, she you have to also explain that. It made
0: them old because Nesta took from the cauldron.
1: Right. And this was my point about the cauldron being a character in an yeah. extent. For it to lash out like this, to be feel jilted to an extent, mm-hmm. it's just kind of, that was the point I was trying to make, is, is that sort of behavior yeah. suggests that the cauldron has more knowledge than we give it credit for, at for least sure. that I gave it credit, credit for. So they're after Nesta, and we do run into... Briaxis Briaxis Which is the monster In the deeps of um, It's Briaxis Briaxis, I'm sorry And she's the monster In the deeps of the library And I have say, Feyre really dodged a bullet, you know? Like, she could have made a much worse deal. I know that Rhysand was a little grumpy about her having a new tattoo. He said but, he wasn't
2: grumpy about it. Yeah. yeah. He, he,
1: he, he was, was a, grumpy about a lot of things, it's his, but that wasn't it. It's his own pride, because he like, I couldn't get to you. Like, <laughs> like, Cog out. is like six high lords power. She's fine. She has a deal with Bryaxes to attack the ravens because her and Nessa split up. And she will come down and spend time with her. She wants company. So that's it. Yeah, really good deal, and very
2: vague. So it's not like it's Feyre that's beholden to her. Yeah, she
1: specific. could She could send Clotho. She could, you know, and send a blind person. Who knows? Like Reaxes just wants to tell their story. Just mm-hmm. so sweet. It's so sweet. It was really sweet. I mean, it could have got been a lot worse. So full stop. I mean, Feyre really dodged a bullet. So good on her. And then you know we see Nesta again, and she's with Cassian, and and Resen also shows up and uh, apparently Cassian cuz he figures out what happens he goes down even though he's, he's scared afraid of he's a sc- and he's
2: afraid of Briaxes like his he, high lady is down there no it's see.
1: Nesta's down there i think it's cuz of well, no
2: well cuz Nesta's well, like no
1: is there so then he yeah, keeps going excuse right. yeah whatever. whatever it's, like, came for it's just sweet that, you know he shows up and she's like freaking out and and he she like goes straight to his arms and it's just uh, like, like no, for Feyre, not she's, for me. Either. No, no, go, go down there. Go save her. So, no, it was a. I thought it was a very sweet moment between the two of them. And then it was also here that Feyre realizes that Elaine was predicting. She pieces the, together yeah. the
2: whole young hands turns old and the mm-hmm. ravens arriving mm-hmm. and all of that. She's
1: a seer. And Azriel's the one who's like... She's a seer. He's the one that kind of puts a name to the face. And they ask Elaine for more information to see what she can see and sort of take advantage of this ability. And it's around this time that... Amrin gets a message from... What's his name? Uh, Varian. Varian, thank you. He, the she, prince of... uh um, mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Tar- Tarquin's bro- brother? Cousin, I Cousin. think. Cousin. So- sorry, yes. And he warns them that the... Highburn is attacking the Summer Court. So, Feyre and... Reese and decide that they have to go to their aid. So we get the Illyrian soldiers. We go to Adriana. Adriana, sorry. And Moore gets her little battle gear on. We get to see real badass the Moor again do some fighting, which is pretty cool. They go off to deal with the Illyrian
2: force to get them mobile. So then Moore and Pharaoh go off on their own, winnow in. They stay at the palace. And kind of work their way through the palace to get that cleared out of hybrid forces. Um, But they are overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because Adriata and the summer courts are already split up because they've been in the process of rebuilding all their cities um, post-Amarantha. So only half of them are in the city. The rest are spread out throughout the court once more and Feyre clear out the palace and that's secure pharaoh gets let into resan's mind while he's facing off with hibern so resan kind of gets pulled onto the ship kind of like a bleat like a sonar because hey is noticing his powers are being muffled so he goes to it he finds hibern on the ship and he's trying to just Talking by time, Farrah's like, kill him, kill him, kill him. And he's like, I got this. That's fine. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good. Don't look at me. Rhysand not listening to Farrah. <laughs> Shocker. Rhysand Arisa, not listening to anybody. <laughs> for real. So then, who wants to say the twist? He was an illusion. <laughs> <laughs> now you see me, now you don't. Which is so crazy. Let's talk about how powerful that man has to be to not only... Not be there. Oh, because Risa also tried reading his mind and there was nothing there. So that was the first red flag. You know what's interesting, though? Because, like, up until this point,
0: I feel with Highburn, like, in the last few chapters, I feel like the inner circle has had a few wins. And so you kind of underestimate the power of Highburn. And so this was kind of that reaffirmation of like, hey, no, he really is a scary big boss that you have to go against.
2: Especially the timing of him breaking through the Valaris shields again. That no. should have been reinforced after their first attack. Into so the Reese, library. Into the library. To, Extra into, fortified. <laughs> to especially go after Pharaoh Nesta like that. So Reese is beating himself up for that. And then just to watch. Tarquin crumble like that in Summer Court, and then for Hiber not even being there at all, and then also being able to alter mm. Resand's abilities—he really is That's a big crazy. chess master. Yes, he's always a couple steps ahead.
0: Mm. So for Which him we,
2: to, kind of we took for granted
0: for a little bit.
2: Well, for him to be able to sacrifice that many forces and literally take down a court in the process—a court that isn't our isn't friendly with. The Night Court that's trying to get everyone together. Well, and, like,
0: Tarquin has his feelings on that, too. Mm. He's like, you screwed us because you dismantled the Spring Court and all this I other mean, stuff. Yeah. But you know what makes me think back? When they were at the Cauldron and Hybron was there, was Hibern actually
1: really there?
2: I think he was.
1: Are we sure it wasn't just I movie? think it was him. I think it was him. He would have... That would have been the I biggest mean, dick-waving contest. Like, <laughs> he would
2: have wanted to be... Like, he would have wanted to be there for that. This... This is
1: all mind games. Chump
0: change.
2: Yeah, Yeah, this is chump change mind games.
0: Oh, so we get to Tarquin. He has his thoughts. He's really bad at Farrah.
1: He's bad at both of them, but... You know, I think it was really telling or, or where I felt very moved was when he talks about they're being attacked by Highburn and he sees the Night Court coming in and he assumed that it was the Night Court was coming in with Highburn. After mm-hmm. the Spring Court. Yeah, you know. So he's thinking the Night Court is coming to aid Highburn and taking over the Summer Court but they actually came to help the mm-hmm. Summer Court. So he was very shocked at that especially after what happened with them stealing the Book of Breathings. And
2: he was- well, and he- he blames Pharaoh for does. the takedown of the Spring Court that no, opened
1: she the door. It. <laughs> yeah, which which beat that was their ally, and that was that was what was blocking Highburn from attacking the Summer Court, and it's gone now. So, well, he, he feels so unprotected. It's like you already have kind of screwed me over, and I have
0: no reason to trust you now. And like you're coming to save me now after you've already kind of set me up for destruction.
1: Yeah, it's like the least you can do, you <laughs> yeah, know? Thanks, Pharaoh. Like it's like it's it's like breaking even. It's not making up for what they did. It's just right. like. You know It's just like Oh wow Thank you for the afterthought Yeah I'm glad you remembered me now Yeah And and I think there's some fair There's this fair point to that Because you know They didn't ever It doesn't sound they ever Tried to make amends With Tarquin After he sent the blood rubies the blood rubies on them Yeah I mean of course Mm -hmm. like Uses it, uses it as a paperweight, but it sounds like she still maintains some sort of relationship with Varian. So he did not know, and that's also revealed too, is that he didn't know that Varian sent out the message to Amran. Right. Yeah. So Go, they got a little something there. They got In a little a wink. Second. They got a little wink-wink. can come through. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, it was a whole messed up situation. So,
1: I mean, and of course, Rhysand does not apologize for his actions. <laughs> <laughs> Concept. He, you know. We don't, apologies, we don't know her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Tarquin says, "Get the hell out!" So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then with nothing else better to do, they go back to the bunk carver. Yep. After that, because they don't want after after knowing the abilities of the Araboris, 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 knowing that they can't obtain it without going crazy. They request that the bone carver choose a different item and he says no. And um well, and this is also
0: when Favor realizes who he's resembling, which is
1: Oh
2: no, Rhysand pieces uh, together. Sorry, re yeah, She right. figures it out with Cassian, but then Reason's there in her mind to be like this isn't this isn't what I see. Yeah. Well, right, they know that, but then he's like, "You just said it was a
1: kid, not you know, not a or kid that child. looks like me and you." So, it and it's just that if we survive the war, this is I don't know. It heightens the I guess yeah. drama of all of it. But
2: you know, <laughs> what, what, if we're going to talk dope. about like, sappy moments. Them having that moment, I'm like, "Well, what does he look like?" I'm just like, I love this for you guys. I hope you survive. I know. I would
0: be kind of upset if I knew what my kid looks like before I even had a kid. <laughs> isn't you know is so interesting though the way I saw it him dressing up as their kid and portraying that to them made me feel like it was a guarantee that they were going to survive because it was like how would he know what this image looks like if this isn't wrapped into the fates in one form
2: which goes back to the whole our mates destined to breed these offspring that are going to be significant in the long run yeah Anyway. Like,
0: I don't know. I didn't see it as some foreboding. We have to win the war. This Or like an incentive for the war. Yeah. i more solid of saw it as, hey, we're going to get through it. I don't know who else is going to make it through, but there's going to be a baby.
2: I was like, oh, this is so cute. <laughs> that was this far as my brain went about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, some, I was like, I love this one. I mean, yeah. To be
0: fair, though, the first time that he showed himself to Pharaoh, I was like, oh, that's their kid.
2: Oh, yeah. We all knew. Pharaoh didn't want to think knew um, and then I think the last thing that we, it's not a huge thing, but I think it's worth noting is that Elaine starts to kind of come out of her shell even further. And she has struck up a relationship, or it's the beginning of a relationship between Nuala and Caredwin. Cute. I love
0: that they kind of come back and that I they know. come to protect Elaine and take care of her while she's in the townhouse.
2: One thing we do need to get to that we didn't talk about was right before this cute little moment with the three of them in the kitchen. Lucian goes off on his own mission.
1: Yeah, before they left uh, for Adriata, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I think it was between the two. So yes, because Elaine had a vision of the sixth queen. Once they realize she's a seer, and this sixth queen has abilities. There's something about her that's really significant when it comes to this war, and she's at a lake. Mm-hmm. Is what they mm-hmm. said. And her name is Vasa.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And oh, I love Vasa. Lucian decides, like, as they're talking through, like, what do they do now? He's like, I'll go. I'll, 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 I'll find Vasa. And he goes off. And there's, you know, there's this really sweet sort of It's a bittersweet moment. Yeah, her, yeah. you can tell that Elaine is trying to like be, be there. Like, yeah, she, she's
0: trying to be a little more aware. Of what he's going through, regardless of her trauma. Well,
1: because I think ultimately, as just just on a human I, or they or whatever behavior, this is someone who is going to do a task to help with the war, and this is a very risky situation. He may or may not come back. Just that, just general empathy and concern that you would have for anybody, you know, what I think you it know is. versus also just kind of that extra mile of, like, this is someone who could be really important in my life. But,
0: like, see how I feel? it. I feel like it's an acknowledgment of the mating bond.
1: Yeah.
2: Like, solely. First, it's step.
0: like, hey, I know that you say that I'm your mate, and this is a thing that we will have to address at some point. It's a, an, an acknowledgment of the fact that she knows that they're mates, and it's not, like, an open door, but it's, like, she cracked the door for them Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. There's definitely some hope there. It was, it was certainly a, a flickering of hope. Now that she's kind of feeling like herself right. again. Right. Exactly. All right. So the next week's episode, we'll be covering the end of part two, chapters forty-one through fifty, A Court of Wings and Ruin. That's it. That's it. Oh, that's it. That's all. Honestly, <laughs> so we're gonna do a huge episode with a meeting. So we will see you next time. And we'll the, the fun begins. Yeah. Ooh, the Dixie oh contest
2: oh, I, of that oh. meeting. It's so chaotic. I love it. It's gonna be my favorite episode, honestly, hands down. There's an Easter egg that I've been holding on to since the first book, and it's so stupid, and I cannot mm-hmm. wait to talk about it because it comes up. <gasps> I, know. I know what Easter egg it
0: is.
1: No, no. Yeah. Yes, I that? do. Yes, I do. Uh-huh. So the next episode will be. Having a really fun dinner meeting as we as we do go to the High Lord's meeting. Will Tamlin show up, Tarquin? I don't know, but it's gonna be so great. <laughs> oh, let the chaos begin! Let the <laughs> chaos begin! It's oh, gonna be great. All right, well, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.